Hey guys, Pastor Jürgen here. We're so excited you're tuning into one of our amazing messages. What you're about to hear is going to be fresh, it's going to be real, and it's going to be powerful. It's going to help you to grow stronger in your walk with God. It's going to put faith on the inside of you. It's going to cause you to be able to walk in greater dimensions of blessing and enlargement so that you can be a blessing to other people. Well, lean in, enjoy the word. God bless you. All right, come with me in your Bibles through the book of Ezekiel. Uh, chapter 47, verse 1, Ezekiel 47, verse 1. The title of my message tonight is, is uh, a, a title I've never used before, but the title of my message tonight is Nomadic. Nomadic. And it'll make sense in a moment. Nomadic. It says, then, then he brought me back to the door. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and there was water. Everyone say water. water. Say water. water. Now say it like an Aussie, water. You guys are good. That was impressive. How do you say it in New York? Water. And get some water. You want some water? Hey, I'm walking my dog. What's the matter with you? I'm going to get some coffee. Double decaf with no artificial sweetener. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I'm walking there. What's the matter with you? Anyways, all right. So water. water. I now I'm lost. I don't even know which way to say it anymore. Water, 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 water. Flowing agua. Agua's better. Agua. Agua, por favor. All right. Flowing from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, from the front of the temple, for the front of the, of the temple faced east, and the water, the agua, was flowing from under the right side of the, the temple, south of the altar. And he brought me out by way of the north gate, and he re- led me around the outside to the outer gateway that faces east, and there was agua running on the right side. And when the man went out to the east with the line in his hand, he measured 1,000 cubits, and he brought me through the agua, and the agua came up to my ankles. Again, he measured 1,000 and brought me through the agua, and the agua came up to my knees. Again, he measured 1,000 brought me through and the agua came up to my waist. Again, he measured 1,000 and it was a river that I could not cross for the agua was too deep. Agua in which one must swim. Is that distracting? It's distracting, isn't it? I'm so sorry. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Then he brought me and returned me to the bank of the river. And when I returned there along the bank of the river, there were very many trees on one side and on the other. And then he said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region, goes down into the valley and enters the sea. And when it reaches the sea, its waters are healed. And it shall be that every living thing, and it shall be that every living thing that moves, every living thing. How many people know that every living thing possibly includes you and I? Every living thing that moves, wherever the rivers go, wherever the rivers go will live. It's important to be by the river, nomadic. There was a season in human history where human beings were nomadic. Nomadic means that they roamed looking for water. And when they found water, whether it was a river, whether it was a ravine, whether it was springs, whether it was wells, they would build their towns and cities wherever they found water. Because wherever water is, there was life. 
Water was the source of all life. They could grow crops and the crops would live because there was agua. They, they could have uh, sheep and oxen and cattle and donkeys and camels. They could have livestock because agua. They could have children. They could have families. They could flourish. They could prosper because there was agua. Wherever the waters went, wherever the river went, people lived. There was life. And so the Bible says, wherever the river goes, they lived. And there were a very great multitude of fish because these waters go there for they will be healed and everything will live wherever the river goes. And it shall be that fishermen will stand by it from Engedi to in Eglaim, and they will be places for spreading their nets. The fish of the, will be of the same kinds as the fish of the great sea, exceedingly many, but its swamps and marshes will not be healed. They will be given over to salt. It's an interesting thing. They're swamps and they're marshes. You know what a swamp is? A swamp is a piece of water that has an inlet but no outlet. Oh, it's happy to receive. It just doesn't want to give. Don't be a swamp because they'll be given over to salt. Along the bank of the river on this side and on that will grow all kinds of trees used for food. Their leaves will not wither and their fruit will not fail. They will bear fruit every month because their water flows from the sanctuary. Their fruit will be for food and their leaves for medicine. What an awesome passage of scripture, isn't it? So this is talking about a river, in fact, in the book of Revelation, it tells us that there's a river that flows from under the throne of God, and it's literally a mirror of Ezekiel 47. The river that flows from under the throne of God. I say all of that to say this, that the church, the church, whether, whether she's in uh, East Lake Chula Vista, whether she's in Coronado, whether she's in El Cajon, whether she's in Santee, whether she's in San Marcos or Bressy Ranch, whether she's in Salt Lake City, whether she's in Idaho, no matter where she is, the church is meant to be the source of living water. She's meant to be the source of life. And can I just tell you, whether you realize it or not, you have a thirst for the things of God. The Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst after God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. But all the way through the scripture, you'll find that there's a hunger and a thirst for God. You know, Psalm 63 says, oh God, you are my God. Early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and parched land where there is no water. So I've looked for you to behold you in your sanctuary, to behold your glory and your splendor for your loving kindness is better than life. Therefore, my lips shall praise you. And the psalmist goes on and on and on gushing forth, but he talks about a thirst for God. Can I just tell you the reason we get attacked continuously is because the devil doesn't like what's flowing in here. He doesn't like the fact that we we want to release the wells. We want to untap the wells because you know that when the wells are untapped, there's a sign, there's a signature, and it's people live and people thrive. It's people flourish. The so point number one is people live and people thrive. Wherever the river is flowing, the Bible says there, people live and thrive. I don't like that, church. They're like Joel Osteen. They preach a prosperity gospel. You know, can, can I just tell you, many years ago, uh, in fact, let me, let me go back. Just, just a couple of weeks ago, I was speaking with um, Pastor Colin Higginbottom. And Colin Higginbottom interviewed uh, a, a pastor who's on, 
who was for many, many years on Dr. Cho's board. Dr. David Yongi Cho in 1958 started the, the Yoida Full Gospel Church in Seoul, Korea. In 1916, you can look it up, you can do a Google thing. In 1960, it was one of the poorest nations in the world. It was 94% Buddhist and it was just, just steeped in poverty. Dr. Cho, he wasn't Dr. Cho back then. He, in fact, his name was Paul Yongi Cho. He was just a young pup and he started the church with his mother-in-law and, uh, and she used to whip him and tell him to get up at 3 a.m. to pray. And she's like, Cho, you on big charge, you must get up and pray. And so at 3 a.m. she would wake him up to pray. And if he tried to sneak back to bed by, at 6 a.m., she would hit him again with a cane and make sure, and say so he developed a prayer life, you know. <laughs> as you would, I just don't want to get hit. And uh, so he developed a powerful prayer life. Many years later, you know, someone said, what's the secret of your success? One of the largest churches ever in human history, 800,000 members in one church, 800,000 members. That's like half of San Diego goes to one church every Sunday. Can you imagine the parking? And so 800,000 members, one church. And, uh, and he said, oh, it's very simple. Pray and obey. It sounds simple, but you ought to try it sometime. <laughs> there are a lot of things that he tells me to do. I'm like, la, 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 la. I'm not sure if I want to uh, obey. Speaking of obedience, I, I just got to give another shout out to uh, Jose Rubalcaba, who not only looks after us whenever we go down to visit our orphanages, but on the weekend, on Saturday, was coming back from Mexico and somebody decided because there was a wait at the border that they would hitch a ride without asking him in the back of his truck. And so when he pulled up, he didn't realize in his trailer, somebody was hiding there who was quite out of it, quite high on drugs. And so they arrested that man and they arrested Jose. They detained Jose for over three hours. He gets here at like three or something in the morning back to, and then he's here at 6 a.m. making sure that everything is set up and everything's organized. Doesn't skip a beat. What an incredible servant. What a great man of God. Thank you, Jose. We love you. What a great man. And so Dr. Dr. Cho graduates from Bible college. He starts this church 1958 and He's taught that when you preach the gospel, the, the greatest way to be effective is just warn people that if you reject Jesus, oh, you're going to burn in hell. And so that's, that was what he did. So he just said, hey, here's the gospel. Jesus died for you. Reject it. You're going to go to hell. And he said he went to this one home, this, this little hut, and there was a, a woman in there, and the husband was at, uh, you know, out somewhere. And so he gives her the gospel. You know, you've got to repent or you're going to burn in hell. And he said she starts laughing at him. And he says, why do you think this is funny? There's nothing funny about, she goes, hell, hell. She has no teeth. She says, my husband is an alcoholic. He beats and abuses me every single day. I've lost two of my kids, one to tuberculosis, another one to disease. We live in poverty. We can't make our ends meet. And you say that I'm going to go to hell? Look around. I'm already living in it. He got so rocked, he went home and he said, God, there's something wrong with your gospel. 
And he said, God said to him, no, Cho, there's nothing wrong with my gospel. There's everything wrong with the way that you're preaching it and the way that you're seeing it. He said, what did I say in the Bible? He said, what did you say? He says, you preach the gospel to the poor. If the gospel doesn't help the poor, it's wrong gospel, Dr. Cho. And then he takes him to 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I pray above all things that you would prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. The, the, the prosperity of your soul should have a direct correlation to the prosperity of your life and the health of your life. And so it changed everything. Today in 2022, Seoul, Korea, 1958, poverty, one of the poorest nations in the world. Today it is the 10th largest GDP in the world, just, just like just behind, I think it has a 1.3 trillion GDP right behind France, which is a 1.4 and right behind uh, Canada, which has a 1.42. So it's like right up there with, and these are developed nations that have, you know, got to draw from, uh, from the crown and many years and Seoul, Korea, because of one man, one man transforming, it is, it is now over 90% Christian because of this man's preaching. When, when we were in Israel, it was very interesting when we were in Israel, uh, we, we, were, we were driving from Jerusalem in the bus and we were taking it down to En Gedi. We were going down to the Dead Sea. Israel has two seas. Did you know that? It has the Sea of Galilee and it has the Dead Sea. And the reason it's the Dead Sea is because it has an inlet, but it has no outlet. The Sea of Galilee is full of life because it has not just many inlets, but it also has many outlets. That's why the Bible says, give and it will be given to you. There's one who scatters and yet increases more. There's one who withholds what is right and it leads to poverty. And so the, the, two, the two C's in Israel preach to Israel. Well, we're on our way down and I look and I see all these beautiful palms with dates on it. And then we see these orchards filled with oranges and, and nectarines and apples and, and pomegranates and and just lush and green. I said, man, I said, listen, we, we did this two years ago when we were here. I said, oh, I, did, did I blink and miss this? And they said, oh, no, no, no. Around that time, the Palestinians ceded this territory back to Israel. But in Islam, they believe that Allah cursed the ground. In Judaism, we believe that even though God in Genesis cursed the ground, he actually gave Adam and he gave man the, the mission and the assignment to redeem from the curse. So this was all poor and now we begin to plant all of our orchards and we began to plant all of our trees and we began to plant and now it produces over $3 billion towards our GDP just in exports. We export the finest dates, we export the finest fruits and we export the finest palm. It's the same river that was what was flowing. It was just unused by those people. When, when, when you understand the river of God and the river of life, your life should thrive. Your life should flourish. Can somebody say amen? amen. In John chapter 4, Jesus is sitting by a well, which is an interesting thing. So he's sitting by a well. He is a well, but he's sitting by a well. And a woman comes to the well to draw water and he says, give me a drink. 
And she looks at him, she says, you're a Jew. You shouldn't talk to me. I'm a Samaritan. He says, sweetheart, if you would have asked me, I would have given you living water. She goes, you don't even have a bucket. Besides, the well is deep. Where are you going to get this living water? And then Jesus said, all right, do this. Go and get your husband. He goes, oh, I don't, I don't really, uh, I, I'm, I'm just, I don't, I don't have a, you've answered correctly. The man at, at home in your bed, he's not your husband, is he? Truth is, you've had five husbands. The man at home, he's not, you've answered correctly. Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. See, one of the things is Jesus was offering her living water. She says, give me this living water so I don't have to come here anymore. And what happens is the living water identifies what was dysfunctional. The living water identifies the ceilings in her life. The, the living water identifies what is broken in her life. When you come to church, the Word of God will begin to be a revealer the Bible says that he who hears the word of God and doesn't apply it to their life is like him who looks into a mirror and then walks away and immediately forgets that he needs to get that spinach out of his teeth or do his head. The word of God will begin to identify and it'll begin to highlight the ceilings, the dysfunctions, the limitations, the brokenness in your life. Don't run from the word, run to the word because Jesus is trying to bring healing. Jesus is trying to bring breakthrough. He wants your life to thrive. He wants you to live and thrive. Number two, we're called to be futurists. We're called to be futurists. They say that to plant a seed today is to believe in tomorrow. To plant a seed today is to believe in tomorrow. I remember when, when I was young, there was a song that was on the radio, uh, whatever will be, will be. The future's not yours or mine to see or something stupid. And uh, what, 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 a, what a stupid saying. And then you'll hear people say, well, you know, nobody knows the future. The future is not ours. Since when? My, my Bible says that your sons and daughters will prophesy that shoot words into the future. My Bible says that young men will see visions. Do you know what a vision is? A vision is God sending you a postcard back from your future. That's what a vision is. A dream is God giving you a little, a little 60 second movie clip of a future event that he's trying to bring into your life. You're meant to be prophetic. You're meant to see visions. You're meant to operate in dreams and you're meant to sow seeds. The sowing of the seed is an expectation that you're creating that I will have a harvest. Every time you sow a seed in the ground, you are prophesying to that ground. You are declaring that my tomorrow is gonna be better than today. That's why the greatest people in the kingdom are sowers. The Bible says God gives seed to the sower. Don't be a sitter, be a sower. Be a sower, take the future, shape the future. Did you know that your world and my world today is a product of the seeds I sowed yesterday or the seeds I failed to sow yesterday? If you don't like the look of your life today, if you don't like what's going on today, it's very awesome because you can change your seed. I thank God that we're in a great church where every single Sunday we say there is no greater seed than the Word of God and obedience to it that you can begin to sow a different seed. You may have sowed iniquity. You may have sowed uh, 
dissension, you may have sowed negativity, you may have sowed fear, you may have sowed anxiety, but today you can begin to sow faith. You can begin to sow generosity. You can begin to sow largeness. You can begin to sow kindness. And you can begin to change the seed that you sow and reap a different harvest. That's the greatest thing about the, the church is God is no respecter of persons, but he is a respecter of principles. God is an equal opportunity God. The Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, God is not mocked. Whatever man soweth, that he shall reap. You can't blame God. I don't like God. Look at my life. No, no, no. God's not the problem. You are. What do you mean? It's what you've been sowing. I haven't been sowing anything. Exactly. Start sowing something. Start sowing to the kingdom. Start sowing in faith. Start sowing in expectation. Start beginning to prophesy. That's why the, the, the way out of poverty is to begin to sow. People don't understand that. Well, hang on, you can't really expect that. I remember in 2008, you know, I got a phone call from a pastor up in, in the Bay Area who at that point was kind of my oversight. And he was laughing on the phone. He's like, <laughs> well, now that we're in a recession, I bet you're not teaching on generosity and sowing anymore. I said, oh my gosh. I said the exact opposite. Oh, contraire, my friend. I said, in fact, I'm doubling down on it. So how, how could you do that? There's a recession. I said, exactly. I said, in a time of abundance and plenty, it doesn't matter what I teach. But in a time of famine, in a time where, where the ground is not producing, I gotta teach people to go to another source. Did you notice that the Bible says that when you bring your tithe, that God says, test me now if I will not throw open for you the windows of? I want you to notice he doesn't say when you bring the tithe, well, you know, I'll shift things in the economy, I'll get rid of Mussolini. You know, I'll make sure the IRS, you know, stops being so greedy. He says, when you bring your tithe, he says, I've got, a, I've got stuff, I've got produce, I've got abundance, I've got economy, I've got flow, I've got resources. The world can't get its greedy, grubby mitts on. They can't tax it, they can't confiscate it, they can't steal it, they can't take it away from you. When you bring your tithe, test me if I will not throw open the windows of it. So we just made a decision. We had too much vision in 2008, Pastor Stacey, didn't we? We just said, you know, we got our team together and we said, listen, really for where we're going, buildings that we want to buy and things that we want to do. I said, listen, do you mind if we just sit this? Well, there'll be another receipt. We'll catch the next one. Let's just sit this one out. And everyone's like, okay, yeah, we'll sit this one out. And so we all sat it out. And so we took, we'll buy that building, we'll buy that one. Yep, yep, we'll take it. And, we'll and we just began to flourish and all our people began to flourish and all people began to increase and then bought homes and, and everything. Don't believe the lies. Pastor Natalie hit the nail on the head. You don't have to buy in and put your amen with what CNN Corrupt News Network says, you know, MSNDC, you don't have to listen to any of those nonsense. Don't align your aim, align with the Word of God. Can I tell you that God's promises work in every season? It's not like the Bible says, you know, it doesn't have a caveat or warning. Warning, this book of the Bible only works in flourishing times. It only works in summer and spring. Don't even bother applying it in winter, famines, pestilence, downturns in the economy. The Word of God works in all seasons. It works in all areas. All that God needs is a sower. All that God needs is a son or daughter 
God said to Isaac, don't leave the land. Where, where, where are you going? Oh, I'm going to Egypt. Don't, what do you turn around? Go back. But there's a famine. So in a, stay faithful in a famine. Just opt out. Just, just choose that you're not going to participate. Let them have the famine. You walk in my principles. God is big enough to provide for you. God is big enough to provide for you. Vision builders, and I think we've got a, you know, a surge thing, which, you know, it sounds like, a, a, you know, like the name of a, of a butler, doesn't it, Serge? <laughs> Bonjour, my name is Serge. I'm here to serve you. Serge. I didn't realize, I mean, it sounded awesome, but now I keep looking at it and I can't help thinking of a butler, a, a French butler. Bonjour, madame. Uh, can I take your handbag? My name is Serge. <laughs> Would you like some Evian water? Sparkling or still? Serge. Anyway, and so, and so just scratch that from your mind. Like, oh, thanks, Pastor Mike. I know it's hard to do. All right. So a surge is, 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 is a gush, a, a forward momentum that moves forward and upward. We want your life to have a forward and upward gush. I believe that God is doing that. And one of the greatest ways to do that is get something that you can sow. Now, how many people know that when you sow good seed in good soil, providing it's a good environment, you're gonna reap a great harvest? Did you know that? Did you know that God designed seed to overcome the soil? How many people have ever walked along a footpath and there's concrete and the concrete's cracked and there's a, a little shoot growing up through the concrete? That seed was under the concrete trying to grow towards the light, trying to grow, but somebody, some, some jack wagon went and put all this concrete, <laughs> buried the seed. <laughs> some evil megalomaniac said, this seed is gonna be buried under the, but the concrete cracks, the seed finds a way through. Yeah, try and stop. And the, every seed grows towards the sunlight. Did you know that? All right, you're giving me that, that, uh, that look. <laughs> Every plant in Eden was prophesying, but the serpent was so blind, blinded by his rage, blinded by his intent of deceiving God's son and daughter, separating them from God through sin, that he didn't look at the daffodils. He didn't look at the piccadillies or the roses. He didn't look at the pomegranate or the, the, the blackberry bushes. He, di he didn't look at the, he did, every single plant was prophesying. See, Jesus said in John 12, 24, unless, a, unless a, a seed, unless it falls to the ground and dies, it'll remain a single seed. But if, it falls to the ground and dies, it'll produce much fruit. A few years ago, they found in a sarcophagus a whole bunch of sunflower seeds. It was a, one of the Pharaoh's sarcophagus. And so they predicted that these seeds could be up to about 3,400 years old. Surely by then you think the batteries are wore out and the seed's not gonna work anymore. So they took these seeds that were sitting in a sarcophagus and they planted them in the soil and each one of them, each one of them grew sunflowers. 
For 3,400 years, they were a seed that remained a single seed. But when they fell down, when they were planted in the soil, every single plant was prophesying and the devil, blinded by his rage, didn't see it. So he crucifies the word of God. He crucifies the seed of heaven on a cross and then has the stupidity arrogance to say stick him in the ground and put a big rock over it like do you know what you don't do with a dead seed plant it and do you know where they planted Jesus have you you've been to Israel oh, you haven't been to Israel you've been to, you haven't been either what's wrong with you people all right <laughs> Stacy you've been there where, where, where where's where's the tomb where they put Jesus it's a what it's a garden tomb the devil, what? A, I can't even use that word. That's a, that's a naughty word. The devil, what a... I can't even use that one either. What a doofus. They take the dead seed of heaven and the devil's wrote, I won, I won. Yeah, put him in the ground in a garden tomb. That'll work. Every single rose bush, every single bramble bush, every was prophesying that when a seed falls into the ground, if you plant a seed after three days, that thing will sprout. And 2,000 years later, that resurrection, that, that resurrection, that life is still producing fruit. It's still producing fruit. Almost three billion Christians on the planet growing every second, every minute of every day. More and more people coming into the kingdom. The last one, last one, number three, is that nomadic people, they, they don't just find water. They don't just live and thrive. They don't just become futurists. They don't just secure a great future. But they become, number three, what I call heart directors. Heart directors. See, the Bible says in Matthew 6.21, it says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. People always say to me, you know, um, why, why, why does Awaken Church every, every single week, you guys got to talk about the offering, every single week, you know, it gets really uncomfortable, doesn't it? You know, you talk about money, then, you know, why do you, and, and look, it has nothing to do with the fact, well, maybe it does. Two thirds of everything Jesus taught was on money. He spoke more about money than he spoke on heaven and hell. In fact, Jesus so had an elevated position for money, he says, you can't serve God and mammon. He didn't say you can't serve God and the devil. He didn't say you can't serve God and Buddha. He didn't say you can't serve God and the Kardashians. He said you can't serve God and mammon. So high and so competitive. So he doesn't want you to serve mammon. So a lot of people think, oh, he wants me to have nothing to do with mammon, but not so fast. Because Jesus in his teaching teaches us how to rightly handle money, mammon. And it's money's place is to be your servant. Money is a wonderful servant, but it is a wicked master. Jesus teaches, and the reason we teach every week around money, around giving, around tithing, the reason we do that is because we know that a fire in a fireplace will warm the home. It'll even create, create a romantic atmosphere. But that same fire in your curtains and in your carpets 
and in the, the drywall, you better evacuate and call 911 because it will destroy your house. When the fire is in its right place, it is a blessing. When it's in the wrong place, it is a curse. Money is meant to be your servant. You are meant to be a servant of the Most High God. So Jesus says, you can't serve God and money. Quit serving money. Well, how do I know if I'm a servant of money? Or how do I know it's my servant? Very simple. If money is your master and you are its servant, it is telling you what you can and can't do. It gets irate every time one of the pastors or one of the leaders gets up when Pastor Natalie was getting up, here they go again. You get all incensed because money gets triggered because it doesn't want to be servant. It doesn't want to be sub. It wants to be your master. It'll tell you, don't listen, don't give, don't sow. Hey, vision builders coming up. Yeah, you just you just tap out. Just just go away for the next couple of weeks and ride the storm and then come back afterwards and, and you know enjoy the new buildings and the new facilities. But just, no, 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 don't, don't go. You, God wants you to make money your servant as you serve the Most High God. It's meant to be a How do you make it your servant? servant. Every time you give, you tell money, I'm the master and you will go where I send you. There are times where I've had to double my offering or put a zero on the end of the offering because money starts piping off telling me, you can't do that. I beg your pardon. You need me. For what? Bills. They're going to keep coming and savings and shoes. I'm like, you know what, money? I'm just about to double that. What the we can't do that? Sometimes you've got to tell money. Do you know the Bible says, where your treasure is there, your heart will be also. How many people know that God doesn't need your money? Okay, the rest of you, He doesn't need it. He doesn't. There's a lot of people, a lot of people think that maybe God needs the money, Marco, because, you know, He paved the streets in heaven with gold. It's almost like the angels got together and say, God, you know, we don't want to, you know, we're not, we're not criticizing, we're not, but like there's streets. Like gold, really? You couldn't use silver? You couldn't like use bronze? Had to be gold. You know, it's almost like God says, well, you know, don't worry, we'll get Jurgs to take an offering every week and somehow we'll. How many people know that heaven doesn't need? There's no recession in heaven. So if God doesn't need your money, why does He keep asking for it? If God doesn't need your money, why does He want it? Because the Bible says where your treasure is there, your, you know what's attached to your treasure? Your heart. So the reason He doesn't need it but wants it is because He wants what your treasure is attached to, which is your heart. One of the greatest ways to keep your heart in the house is bringing your tithe. One of the greatest ways, bringing offerings under the Lord. In fact, truth, every single person that I know that backslid long before they smoked that joint, long before they snorted that drug, long before they jumped in bed with a spouse that wasn't theirs, long before that, they quit tithing. They quit giving long before. You can almost count it. 
wow, they stopped giving there and their heart drifted from the house. I've actually even found that there were times where the devil was seducing my heart, where, where I, I felt like he, I, I slipped back into an old habit. I'll come on Sunday and I'll double down on my offering because I want my heart in his house. And this is what I know from the scripture, where your treasure is, you, my heart will follow. And I need my heart in the things of the kingdom. When we, when we started writing checks into youth ministry, I did that because I had four kids that I know were gonna come up through youth ministry. So you better believe I was the biggest investor into youth ministry because I wanted my children to be blessed. The reason we invest in orphanages and the reason we invest in kids church and the reason we invest in junior high programs, the reason we invest in summer camp, the reason we invest in Emerge, the reason, because we believe in men, we believe in women, we believe in next generation, we believe in marriages, we believe in family, we believe that you're going to flourish. <clears throat> so I say all of that to say nomadic people went where there was wells and springs of water. The smartest people built their lives around that. You build your life around a life-giving house. You build your life around where there's living water. And you'll find yourself, if you plant yourself, the Bible says those, those trees, not only do they bring forth, forth, bring forth fruit every month, but the leaves are used for healing. What's Marco gonna do when he be? Healing. What does Dr. Lisa do? Healing. What do we do with theater, with Annika? Healing. What, what's happening on Coronado? Healing. What's happening at Eastlake? Healing. What's happening with our recovery program? Healing. What's happening with Emerge Ministry? Healing. What's happening with Cherish? Healing. Healing in the house. Food and fruit, healing. Come on, stand to your feet, stand to your feet. <clears throat> Lift your hands high to heaven. Feel such a beautiful anointing, such a beautiful anointing, such a beautiful anointing. And I just hear the word of the Lord tonight saying, just plant yourself, plant yourself. Let your roots go down deep. Let your roots go down deep. You were created to live and to thrive, to live and to thrive, live and to thrive, live and to thrive. Where, where are you guys living now? Is it Florida? Dallas, Texas. Dallas is pretty good. Keep your hands raised. Keep your hands raised. Father, I thank you, Lord God. And you know what's so beautiful about you is you, you come back every opportunity you've got. And it's because you found living water, living water, living water. And I even hear God saying that because of that blessing, great blessing is on you. Great blessing is on your family. But the time will come, says the Lord, with a desire in your heart to be back here circumstances will come full circle and you your family will be back here San Diego thriving but the Lord says you will also thrive because I'm with you in Dallas and this is the word that I hear because you sowed here the Lord says the disciples reaped a harvest they didn't sow and in the same way you're going to go to as you're in Dallas you're going to walk into a harvest there because God is no no short changer because you're sowed here you're going to reap there you're going to have breakthrough there you're going to have blessing there but I hear God say the time's going to come everything's going to move full circle and you're going to be back with this family 
flourishing, thriving, advancing, increasing. I see, I see one property and then I see three properties being released to you. It's like there was a battle for one, but it's gonna, one will come and then two more will follow very quickly, three properties. And you're gonna come back prospering. You're gonna come back saying, the Lord was good. The Bible says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Psalm 126 verse five, those who sow in tears. And there were, there were seasons where you were sowing in tears, sowing in breakthrough. But the Bible says, those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. They shall doubtless, doubtless, come again returning rejoicing with their sheaves carrying their sheaves with them and that's what i see over you guys father i thank you right now for anybody that needs breakthrough in this house father i think i release breakthrough i release breakthrough I release breakthrough I release breakthrough breakthrough beautiful young lady there in the pink i just see breakthrough coming over your world breakthrough coming over your world breakthrough coming over your world there's a creativity gift that god is opening in you opening in you you had it ever since you were a little girl and then just life can happen. It's like I'm so busy just making ends meet and bills and duties and things I've got to do. But I see this year, God is uncorking that beautiful creativity, beautiful creativity. I see you writing again in a diary, writing screenplays and scripts and ideas and poetry and song and creativity, creativity. There's a handsome man next to you with a hat on that keeps smiling. Is he yours? Is he your man? Lift, lift your hands, handsome. Father, we thank you, Lord God. Lord, just as he, as he, as he stands there today wearing a hat. I, it's so funny. I see the hat and I hear the word skipper. You, 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 you're about to step into a captaincy kind of role where you've been faithful. You've been a faithful, almost like a first mate, but, but a promotion is coming. Leadership's coming. A mantle of leadership's coming. It's almost like you're going to be pushed out of the nest and you're going to have to lead. You're leading men and you're leading troops and you're leading people and you're, you're engineering and you're the one that they're looking to for answers. But the Lord would say, do not fear because what you don't have and what you don't know, I've got and I know, and I have no problem telling you. I have no problem getting it to you. Father, I thank you for blessing. Thank you for blessing on this beautiful couple. Is that, is that Maddie Lee behind? Maddie Lee, you keep getting slimmer and skinnier and more handsome. Lift your hand. Is that your beautiful next to you? What are you guys taking? You look younger every, every time I see you. It's Eastlake, isn't it? We love the Lees. Is Vanessa behaving? Is she? Not really. No, exactly. Stretch your hands out towards Vanessa. No. Father, we thank you for Matt and Vanessa Lee. And Father, we, we, we thank you. And, and God, what God loves about you is you're like little children in, in a positive way. Jesus said, unless you let, become like little children, you'll never enter the kingdom. And you're like little children in your desire to bless and be a blessing to expand. And all that the Lord is teaching you right now is just cadence and rhythm. Cadence is about, you know, it's a pace. If, if you talk to any marathon runner, they'll tell you this, the key and the success of 
winning a marathon or placing well in a marathon or making your, your PB in a marathon is a thing called cadence. They're not, they're not sprinting, but they're not walking. They have, a, they, have a, they have a pace that they set and they keep it through a cadence. And that's what I see. And there's been a desire to sprint and then you've had to catch your breath. And then, but God is teaching you right now a cadence in that. But the Lord would say to you, the, the level you're on now is not the level you were on just a couple of months ago, but it's also don't get used to it because God is taking you up to, to other levels. There's going to be uh, just, just seasons that you're stepping into of unprecedented prosperity and blessing. But the Lord would say to you that the lesson on this level is cadence. And the temptation as little children is to run and then they get all puffed out and painted. And, you know, they faint and they pant and but what God is teaching you on this level is you don't have to do 110 all at once. What is it? Is it 70? Is it 75? Is leaving some margin, leaving some room, leaving some room for Vanessa, leaving some room for the kids, leaving some rooms for fun, leaving some rooms for just play money, just vacation money, just bless money, just benevolence money, just, just sitting there. It's cadence, the blessing of God, blessing of God, blessing of God is on you. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I've got a, Chris Aguilar, you're here? Why didn't you say something? I love Chris Aguilar. I love Chris Aguilar. I want to pray for Chris Aguilar. I know I've got to go, but I'm going to pray for everybody in a second. Ernest, you're here. Is Elsie here too? I saw Elsie and I thought, no, that she's way too good looking. How did you do that, Ernest? You did what to her drink? I can't believe he said that. What? No, he did. God did, didn't he? Hold hands. I'm going to pray for them before, and then I'm praying for you guys. Is that all right? Como se va? Se va bien. All right. All right, lift your hands. I, I, I love this couple. Public Square. That's all the way up in my neck of the woods. You drive there every day? He's a good man. Elsie, you got a good one. You got such a good one. And, and uh, Ernest, where, where, this is what I hear. I hear that God has elevated you and taken you. And if you talk to any mountain climber, they'll say that the higher you climb, the thinner the air. And sometimes the thinner the air, the more susceptible we are to uh, hallucinations, but not only that, but also to what they call altitude sickness. But the Lord would say, son, I'm going to help you acclimate because there are moments where there's almost like an anxiety that's been trying to get you of late and a fear and an anxiety because God has elevated me to uncertain footings and uncertain areas and there's a beautiful psalm and I'm that brilliant of a Bible scholar I can't tell you which psalm it is but look it up and it says you have made my feet like the hind feet of a deer like a mountain goat that can traverse the high places and the ravines. And what God is doing in you is He's bringing you out of poverty cycle. 
you, you're a cycle breaker. You're a curse breaker, Ernest. Your beautiful little Judah Yergs will never know the, that's his middle name, will never know what you've walked out of. All he knows is the blessing, but the price that you pay is the blessing of God will take you into uncertain areas. It's unfamiliar, it's uncertain, and that can cause your heart to speed up and, oh my God, I, I don't even know how to operate on this, but just get used to it because the Lord is gonna cause your feet to be secure and you're gonna acclimate. There'll be no hallucinations and there'll be no altitude sickness because the Lord says, even where you are right now, even where you are right now, God has plans to even triple that in the next 12 to 18 months. He's going to triple that. Just get used to being in that place. Amen. Amen. And then Elsie, I should say something awesome to you too. I know that you're a beneficiary of that. But you know what I see? I hear the Lord saying a ministry gift. This, this, did you serve at the church for a little while? You did, didn't you? And I, I see you, and you need to be a mama. And you're an exceptional mama. But I see a ministry gift where you're not taking time from Judah and you're still an exceptional wife to Ernest. But I see a ministry gift that is, that is percolating on the inside, being deployed and being developed and being implemented. And I see so many people blessed and I see them smiling and rejoicing. And I see them being healed and set free because of your faithfulness, sweetheart, to the house of God. Amen. Amen. Real quickly. Real, real quickly, hold, hold hands. They met on a plane on the way to Hawaii. If I'm, is that right? On the what? And how many years is it now? 11 years. That's amazing. Wow, you were 12 when that happened. Gosh, he was. You guys are just magnificent people. Stella, Stella. And. I hear just God telling me to tell you it's very broad that He wants you to not be afraid to ask. Here's your Abba. Here's your Heavenly Father. And I hear God telling me to tell you, tell them to ask. They don't ask enough. And whatever things they ask, believe. In fact, I hear God telling me, whatever you believe Him for, He's going to give you. Whatever, nothing is impossible. In fact, this next season you're about to step into is a season where God is going to show off. Almost to the point where you're gonna say, okay, God, you're gonna to have to stop because it's getting awkward. People around about are looking at us like, you know, are we selling drugs? Like, no, no, it's the blessing of God is gonna be that good. It's gonna be that good. You're stepping into a season. And the reason the, the Lord says that is because both of you have made massive strides in your heart. And it's good because you came looking and I never noticed that. The Holy Spirit is just showing me that you don't step into anything lightly. You kind of checked everything out, made sure things were legit, looked under the hood and made sure. But you've crossed these thresholds in your heart and your heart and your heart. And because your heart has moved towards Him, His heart is moving towards you. And I hear God is going to overtake you with blessing, overtake you with favor, overtake you. This next season is a ridiculous season, ridiculous season. So just get ready. Ask and believe, ask and believe. All right, I need to pray for Chris Aguilar, but there's that handsome man in the, the pink shirt there. Yep, Franco. 
Branko, excuse me. I've called you all kinds of names, haven't I? What was the other one that I called you the other day? I, know, I always have a co on the end. Branko, Branko and he's beautiful. Lift your hands. You know, leadership, anointing, prophetic, but even more than that, marketplace. I see a marketplace boss, a marketplace influencer. And I, and I see things shifting. I see breakthrough over the family. I see this, the, the, the enemy's been attacking areas of the family, trying to wear you down, trying to weary you. But I see a, 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 like literally a, a, a group of angels being dispatched. And I see the enemy's hand just literally pushed back. And I see the hand of God come over your house and the hand of God come over your finances. And, and this, what they're calling the, the coming recession, you are gonna find that everything, everything is gonna double in your house. While others that go backwards, you, everything will double, even in your business. Because you've honored God, God's protection is on your business. Though while other people are holding on and, and jettisoning and letting go, I see everything doubling under your roof, doubling under your house, doubling in, in your world. Because you're faithful, Branko, you're a good man. You're a good husband. You're a good father. You're a good leader. You're a good servant of the Most High God. God is pleased with you. 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 Father, and I thank you for Chris Aguila. I thank you, Father, that uh, you've been faithful with a few things. I'm going to put you in authority over a number of things. I do see promotion and I do see increase. And your biggest test and your biggest challenge was can, can Chris stay humble? when he moves from this level, not just to the next level, but I see you, you, a lot of people level up one level, but I literally see you skipping about five or six levels and going almost seven levels up in the contracts that are gonna come to you, in the possessions and the wealth that God is gonna entrust you with. And the enemy will come and try to tempt you. He always does it. He tries to seduce your heart into the things. He did it with Jesus. He said, if you'll bow down, I'll give you things. I'll give you stuff. I'll give you the glory and the splendor of the things of this world. But Jesus said, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God. Him only shall you serve. And, and the, the, the test will be, can, can Chris Aguilar stay humble? Can he keep worshiping God and putting God first and being a servant of the Most High God and the Lord and this is what I hear an angel say he will not fail he will not fail because he's already determined in his heart he is a servant of the Most High God and I hear an angel in heaven literally speaking on your behalf to the Father saying Father you can trust him with that you can trust him with more you can trust him with all of that you can trust him with more I've examined him angels have been examining you and they found your heart he is a servant he has already put I will serve the house I will serve God I will serve the house I will serve God and I hear God literally redirecting vast streams of resources vast resources to you Chris Aguilar because you're a servant of the Most High God in Jesus mighty name amen 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 wow what an amazing word I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did hey listen for more information about our church go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. 
We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.